another aspect of this reopening and, and, and how we're managing that. And uh, we're going to run headlong into a wall here, is my thinking, um, because the federal government is not getting the job done. Now, let's get some evidence to that claim and find out exactly what the situation is. Justin Ling is a freelance reporter. He joins us now, uh, just putting together a piece for McLean's taking a look at exactly what is going on with the slow reopening of the border and how that's looking, maybe why, and what travel's going to be like in the future, and is Canada ready for whatever it's going to look like very soon? Uh, Justin, thank you for joining us. I appreciate your time. Hey, good morning. So let's start with the border. Um, The Trudeau government, we know, is keeping it closed until July 21st. The United States uh, matched that decision, Um, but we know there's a tremendous amount of pressure on both sides of the border, on the federal government, to get this sorted and to get that border reopened. Um, And it just doesn't seem to be happening. What's going on at the federal level in terms of that border? Well, I mean, first off, at this point, I think July 21st for a reopening is optimistic. We know it's closed until at least yeah. the 21st, but some of the rumbling suggests that it could stretch into August. And I think you're right that there's an enormous amount of support, of uh, pressure being visited upon the federal government. You have um, a number of American politicians and businesses, uh, including Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer. Mm-hmm. You have, you know, obviously the entire Canadian tourism and airline sector. You have businesses who rely on cross-border traffic. You have folks who have family across the border or who own property on one side or the other who can't travel back and forth. But I think really where a big part of this problem lies is that that pressure is still the minority. It does seem to me, and this is borne out in all the polling we have, is that the majority of the country wants things to remain locked down. They don't want the border open. Um, There's even some polling that suggests that a big chunk of the country wants the border shut into 2022. These are people who seem anxious and afraid of our of our southern neighbors. These are people who um, seem uh, paranoid uh, about uh, the possibility of people either faking their vaccine records mm-hmm. or of these various other variants uh, that uh, has been talked about quite a bit uh, by the federal government. Um, so I think really the federal government is playing into that anxiety. And I think we, we've seen that this week. You know, Justin, it, it's it's like you say, there's not a lot of data to back that up, though, right? I mean, cases have plummeted on both sides of the border. Uh, at one point, being very suspicious of what was going on in the U.S., yeah, okay, I was. Yeah. Not anymore, though. Yeah, same. Yeah, 100%. I mean, you know, look, uh, the, the the data is very, very clear that the, the circumstances are under control in the United States. Um, for most of the spring, the United States reported fewer daily COVID cases than Canada. Yeah. Uh, we're now basically at the exact same rate, and neither of us are seeing any significant in t- uh, uptick in cases. Uh, the vaccination rate is clearly pushing down case counts. Um, you heard uh, the health minister, Patty Haidu, yesterday uh, repeatedly talk about the Delta variant, the Delta variant. We all have to be worried about the Delta variant, which is to some degree true. The Delta variant does appear to be more infectious. Um, But the Delta variant is just as prevalent in Canada as it is in the United States. It's already come in. The border measures we had in place weren't good enough. Uh, The Delta variant is here, but also we have it under control. Uh, It is responsible for somewhere like 25 to 30 percent of cases in Ontario, and yet the case counts in Ontario are still declining precipitously. So you know, I, I think you're exactly right. The data doesn't su- support this. Uh, I think the public would come around to this being safe, but it would require their leaders to start talking about 
this data, it would require their leaders to start being blunt about the actual yeah. threat posed by reopening the border. And you don't have that. You actually had um, an advisory panel tapped by the federal government around uh, testing and screening. They came out in May and said, listen, we can reopen at least part of this border tomorrow. Fully vaccinated people shouldn't have to be tested or, or quarantined. Partially vaccinated people can come in, but maybe they have to quarantine for a less amount of time. And even unvaccinated people can probably come in and only have to do seven days of home quarantine instead of the two weeks. This is all based on the best data and the best science we have. And the federal government ignored all of that for a month. They're only now just implementing a tiny portion of those recommendations. And and really, it's hard to look at that and not conclude the federal government is more concerned with the politics and the perception of this than they are about the science. Yeah, uh, unfortunately. The other aspect that I want to talk to you about is, okay, eventually we're going to get to the point where um, they deal with that. Uh, I don't know how long it's going to take or how it's going to work out, but we're going to get into this new world of travel where you're going to need to have some sort of vaccine passport, right? We know that. You're going to have to have proof of vaccination to travel. Um, that's going to have to be standardized at a federal level. That's going to, I mean, it's going to be like yeah. a Canadian passport. Is the government on top of this? Are they putting together something that we can rely on and know is going to be there when we need it? I mean, it's hard to say. The federal government uh, started talking last December, which you know, many people already said it's way too late, but they started talking last December about figuring out what a central vaccine registry or at least a central process for validating provincial registries would look like. Um, we're now, what, eight months, nine months on. We don't know what the progress of that is. There has been no update. I have asked about this repeatedly. There's been no indication. I've heard from people inside the federal government who have told me uh, that they don't even know which department is going to spearhead a vaccine passport yet, uh, that there's really no clarity about the process for actually validating those records. Um, you, Canada is already several steps behind the countries like the yeah. UK and, and, and many German and many, many other European countries. Um, and we don't seem to be catching up in any real way. Uh, we have an interim measure that Bill Blair announced yesterday that is basically going to comprise of, of travelers taking a picture of their vaccine record and submitting it to the CBSA. But frankly, that's not going to do much in terms of efficiency or security. Um, so we are really behind and we don't seem to be attacking this with any kind of urgency or seriousness that you might expect. Um and, and you know, you have a lot of people saying this can't be the reason we don't reopen. This can't, you know, the federal government's inability to do uh, IT procurement can't be the reason <laughs> either the U.S. or the international border doesn't remain open. So we need to figure out a more serious interim measure. We need to figure out maybe a less technologically advanced measure. Um, you, you hear rumblings about uh, agencies and departments looking to pursue blockchain technology, which is a nice idea, but I don't, I don't see that getting us online anytime this year. Um, so really, there should be pressure mounting to tell the federal government, we need something now or very, very soon. Uh, and, and whether that is uh, high tech or low tech, it doesn't really matter. Let's just get it done. Yeah. And you've even talked to liberal MPs who are saying, we're dropping the ball on this. We're, we're already far behind. Right? Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, it's, I, so I, I talked to Nathaniel Erskine Smith, who's a backbencher, and he's often quite critical of his own government when they're when, you know, when they're not getting the job done. Um, he's very very blunt. You know, he he's basically saying, uh, "Let's reopen now. The risk is so minor. Vaccine mm-hmm. coverage is so good that there's really no excuse to be to be keeping the border as shut as it is. Maybe there's still some measures that have to stay in place to make sure that people are are not, uh, you know, uh, passing on COVID nineteen when they arrive. Uh, but it's time to reopen. You know, now, not not three months." from now and it's funny after writing this piece i've i've heard from from one other liberal mp who is uh i think a little bit less vocal who's saying you know you have a dead right uh, <laughs> we're we're dragging our feet on this and it's infuriating so i think you hear rumblings even inside uh, the liberal party that that they're not pursuing this with the sort of urgency that it requires yeah exactly and i think um that is going to become a major, major pressure point on this government. If it doesn't happen efficiently and effectively, it's going to be a nightmare, just a disaster. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, it, it's tough to underscore just how much pain is being felt by this, yeah. right? I think people like to talk about it as though it's in the context of travelers and snowbirds and all that. Um, but it's much more complex than that. I mean, there are businesses that are really genuinely hurting. Um, you know, there's restaurants and, and, and B&Bs who rely entirely on uh, cross-border traffic on both sides of the border. You know, there are companies who are who are experiencing, you know, labor pains and supply chain issues because the border remains shut. There are families who have been separated by this. I've spoken to people who have not been able to go see their loved one before they passed on because of these really onerous requirements. We're also fleecing people for enormous amounts of money. We're requiring they pay thousands of dollars for this ineffective hotel quarantine. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're forcing people um, you know, to take time off work, in some cases, to quarantine for two weeks, despite all of the available science telling us that's not necessary. You know, fully vaccinated people will continue having to quarantine for two weeks right up until July yeah. 5th. I mean, you know, what a fundamentally um, disjointed thing to do over Canada Day weekend, you know, supposedly a celebration, um, you know, of, of, of our, you know, our Canadian values. And, and even as we're supposedly celebrating, we're telling all foreigners to stay away because we think they're dangerous. It is a really frustrating spot we're in. And I think it's time we start actually having this conversation uh, instead of uh, letting, you know, this really paranoid overcautiousness uh, govern all of our decision making. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and time is of the essence here. We're moving so quickly. Great stuff, Justin. Always a pleasure. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. That is Justin Ling, who is a freelance investigative reporter, has been taking a close look at exactly how things are going in terms of um, the border and, and getting that reopened.